Tom Bernard Show with Tim Dennis, Mike Bellina, Andy Brant Bernard, Dave Schrader, and the Hackmaster Ralph W. Basham, MD. We will be right back. We're going to talk about all kinds of stuff. We're going to talk about bombers in New York, and we're going to talk from yesterday, not again today. I just want to make sure that you understood that. We're going to talk about the president wanting to go back to the moon. To the moon, Alice! And a bunch of other stuff right after this. Tom Bernard Show. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt then talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, that works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? And, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Due to the billions of marketing dollars spent by Walzer Automotive on Tom Bernard Podcast, you hopefully know that Walzer sells cars. What you might not know is that they also have two full-service collision repair centers in the Twin Cities. They're fully certified by all insurance carriers and can help you navigate all the paperwork if you ever have an accident. But wait, there's more. They've also been in the paintless dent repair business for nearly 30 years and can take those pesky dings out for just a fraction of what traditional bodywork costs. Broken windshield? Walzer Collision is a fleet of full-service mobile glass repair trucks as well, Walzer are pros at body and glass repair, but don't take my word for it. They have an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau and a nearly perfect 4.8 Google rating. Check them out at walzercollision.com. Please come home for Christmas. Please come home for Christmas. If not for Christmas, by New Year's night. I love that song. It's a great song. A great Christmas song. We're just, what, about 13 days away from Christmas. Not bad at all, man. Maybe maybe we just try to reflect on this and the joy and the happiness and trust and goodwill toward everybody. Maybe we can just extend that a little bit longer and get it out of, get some of this hate out of everybody. As long as we don't grab Santa's package coming down the (laughs) chair. You know what I miss? I miss the old um, Christmas specials. Oh, I do too. Like when you'd have the Bing Crosby or the Andy yep. Williams Christmas specials, Perry Como. Perry Como, Donnie and Marie, all of that fun, oh, just yeah. kind of variety show stuff. Yep. Glenn Campbell, not so much, but, but the rest were good. But we don't have the, that kind of uh, that kind of entertainers. We no. don't have that kind of entertainer anymore. No. Well, I think I think Lady Gaga has like a Christmas you know, special coming I think up. Or that something. Might be right. You say that, Ralph, but you could argue like. 
Justin Timberlake, Jimmy Fallon, those guys could kind of pick up the torch and they could oh, bring easily. it. Yeah, Timberlake but, is but, a very but talented Johnny guy. Carson never had it. Johnny Carson, Steve Allen, Jack Parr never had their Christmas special. No, but different people. But Johnny, or but uh, like you brought up, Timberlake would be a great yeah, guy to Timberlake pull something off would. with that. Yeah, he, he would. Be fun. Does he sing? Too rich. Oh, does he sing? That's he cute, in, Ralph. He's in whatever that band, Backstreet Boys? In sync, I think it was. In sync. He was an in sync exactly. Come on, he's getting ready for his halftime show. Yeah. That's right. He's got the halftime show. Is he going to grab an itty bitty this time? Yeah. He may do the whole thing, the whole Monty, the full Monty. The time. full Monty he this time around. He may just unwrap the whole package this time. Oh, look at you open up now that Catherine left. <laughs> oh, man. Whoa, That's right. whoa, whoa, Tim. Catherine hits the road. Now Tim's a big shot. Family <laughs> show here. I like it. Do you know why they're called in sync? Because, because they were in sync? Because uh, of their names. That's half of it. What? The other half is the last letter, Justin, Chris, Joey, Jason, and JC. Wow. How did you know that, Tom? Because <laughs> I'm nuts. Yeah, well, we know that. We know that's a given. But, no, Alex was a huge was NSYNC enormously fan. I still love the story about Alex's friend. Oh, God. Yeah, you guys have never heard this. So you'll like this. <laughs> okay. So I get Alex backstage at an NSYNC concert, right? They go backstage, and each each you know young lady gets to ask a question of the group. So Alex, I don't. What, do you remember what Alex even asked Andy? No. Something, it was question. something you know very standard. Something. It's your favorite movie or whatever. But her friend, it was time for her to ask a question, <laughs> and she's from Elk River. Yeah, Eva. And that's where that Minnesota accent really kicks in, as yeah. Elk River then goes north from there. So she says. What's your guys' favorite foods? And they said, what? What's your guys' favorite foods? <laughs> What's your guys' favorite foods? Yeah. And they're like, what? Yeah, they didn't know what, what the hell she and, was talking about. And the, the security person go, what is your favorite food? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the security person translates. <laughs> it's kind of weird because that... That accent in some areas, it comes and goes. You yeah. drive through one area and it's there. You drive a little farther north and it's not. Well, it's, ba- it's probably it's, based on, like, you know, where the Norwegians settled versus the Germans and Yeah, so that is forth. true. I don't even know if that's true because my wife's from Apple Valley and she couldn't she be does more that. Fargo. Yeah, voice. that's true. You hear my wife. Yeah, that's talks. true. Oh, stop it. Oh, I can hear it right now. Shut up and don't pick on me. So we're all, I love Tom. We're all going to agree that, you know, once we get to Elk River, it, it overall, overall, right. generally speaking, it gets denser and denser and denser, yep. and it sort of fades into the Canadian accent. It yeah. kind of does, yeah. 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 It kind north. of does. It's, and it's Mordahl's fault, let's be honest, because he grew up in Elk River. But, you know, when we lived up there, I didn't notice, you know, we still have a farm up there, not in Elk River, but in Dayton, just south of Elk River. But a lot of the people up there didn't have that accent. Just some of them. Yeah. You, you noticed that, didn't you, Andy? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I grew, out, uh, grew up in Dayton, and my accent is uh, quite faint. Whereas some faint. of the people out there, they had, you know. Right, but I think that's because of who raised you, right? If your yeah, parents or grandparents were, were prevalent in your life, you're probably yeah. going to have a bigger well, That's why I'm saying accent. it's like, you know, the Norwegians settle somewhere, and mm-hmm. they, their kids have that accent, and their kids, and so forth. And if people leave, then they're, you know... Then their kids won't have that accent because they're growing up around kids that don't. I remember playing in a softball tournament over at Chain of Lakes in Wisconsin, Chitek, Wisconsin, that whole area. And I will never forget. Where at? Chitek, yeah. Wisconsin. <laughs> Chitek is, uh, okay. you know where the Chain of Lakes is? Yeah. Over in okay. Wisconsin? Yeah. Over I was there. just talking up on the name of the town. C-H-E-T-E-K. Okay. Chitek. Uh-huh. I think it's a, a Native American word, actually. Okay. But I'm not sure. 
But I do remember <laughs> the umpire called the guy out, and he literally turned around and went, no way! No. <laughs> like, oh my God! Could you get those vowels a little longer, please? Uh-huh. No way! Well, okay. it's funny when I call back home and I'll talk to my dad, yeah, who's Chicago. That's right? Chicago, and, Chicago. And my, but my my cousin Rob, who lives out in Bartlett, Illinois, mm-hmm. which isn't Chicago, and he didn't grow up in Chicago. Mm-hmm. But I'll call him. I'll be like, Hey, Rob, I got a car question for you. Yeah, what's up, Dave? What do you want to know? <laughs> yeah, I can fix that. The boat of you is coming out here, or the two or three you going to go over there? And I'm like, what the hell accent is? Where did you come from? I and my know. dad does the same thing. He's He comes out, and he's like, hey, the boat of us going to go? I'm like, yeah, the boat of us. And my son's like, how do you spell that, Grandpa? The boat of B-O-T-H, us. B-O-T-H, yeah. boat of us. Why, can't you understand English? The boat of us. I love that. Dub Airs. The that Bears. was a great bit yeah. on Saturday Night Live. It was, and that is Chicago. That man. is Utah. Chicago. It's kind of a, you know, it, it's very New Yorkan. Yeah, it's but like New, it's, it's like mutant New York. Yeah, it's like a staccato New York. Right? Yeah, it's very it sharp, kind of. Hey, what are you guys doing? That's the more the New York. This is more like, yeah, the both of us are going to go mm-hmm. out there tonight. I'm uh, Chicago uh, is fascinating. It's an amazing town. I love Chicago. First of all, absolutely love Chicago, and it's because of all the different cultural areas. Yeah. You know, the Greek town, and you got the Polish area, and you got the, the Lithuanians and the Latvians, and the yeah, most it's of it's the Polish main. area. Most of it is yeah. the Polish area. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Heavy Polish, Polish lineup out there. I God, and then it was a it's a different environment. I was uh, it was like 1982, and we went to pick up my grandparents from their home in Chicago and take them out to dinner. And we pull up to the corner, and there's a Mexican guy and two black guys, and. My grandmother just lets out with the N-word like it oh means nothing. Oh, I know. And, and all of us are in the car, like, looking out of the corner of our eyes, slowly <laughs> rolling the window up. Oh, and totally unaffected because that's just what they were used to. I mean, it was the old-time yeah. Polish, you know, attitude in that part of town. And I'm just like, oh, my God, Grandpa, Grandma, don't talk like that. You're going to get us all shot. Well, when I was seven years old, we lived at 14th and Bryant North, a block mm-hmm. north of Plymouth Avenue. And my mother sent me to the store, the DuPont Cash Market on the corner of Plymouth and DuPont, it's a parking lot now, but I remember standing on the corner there, and it was like Christmas Eve day, you know, the morning of, of Christmas Eve, and she needed some baking soda or something to make cookies, or whatever she was doing, right? And I remember standing on the corner, and it was snowing a little bit, and this family, because Plymouth Avenue used to go out to Plymouth, Minnesota. I mean, that was the main thoroughfare to get out of downtown was Plymouth Avenue. I mean, there's no doubt about that. But um, I'm standing on the corner, and there's this dad. He's wearing a suit. Mom's wearing a very nice dress and the pillbox hat, you know, the Jackie Kennedy special. And they had the two kids in the back seat. And it was a warmish day. I remember that. Even though it was snowy, it was like, you know, it felt probably middle 30, something like that. Which for Christmas Eve is pretty warm around here. And the mother looked at me. And she turned to her children and said, lock your doors, we're in end town. Only she didn't say end town. She used the whole word. She was looking at you. What and she you, was looking were, at were me. Were you out chimney sweeping? Why did she look <laughs> at you and say well, I don't know what the hell she's talking about. I don't know where she got that from. But, yeah, she, she actually said the word. And I thought, what does that mean? Because I had never heard that before. That was the first time I ever heard, you know, big end town. Yeah. I yeah, suppose they didn't use that term in rap and so forth. Like, there was no rap. Yeah, yeah. They didn't, not a lot of that in rhythm and blues. No, that kind of no. kicked in like seventy seven, seventy eight when rap really started to begin, right? Now, yeah. Tim, are you impressed? I kind of knew that. Kind, you kind of did. Yeah. Sugar yeah. Hill Gang. Tim's Tim's the uh, 
the rap fan. Are you the rap fan? I am the rap fan. Because of Sugar Hill? Uh, I would say I I was more uh, LL Cool J, Beastie Boys, the Def Jam era. Yeah, you know, Def Jam's a whole different deal. That's not really rap. You don't think so? No, rap is garbage. I, I like Sugar Hill Gang, and I like Marley Marl. And all yeah, that. no, I but, understand. But, but right. you know, I, I was more... I'd have thought you would have loved Don't Push Me, because I'm close to the, the edge. edge. <laughs> yeah. That seems like a Tom Bernard special. Right That's true. <laughs> but, I well, you know, the kind of rap I did like was, unfortunately, Chester Bennington, who killed himself, but, you know... Yeah, uh, I just yeah. you know that that because he rapped in some of he his did. songs. Yeah, I like that. Talking about shooting people and yeah. you know, right. selling drugs right. and uh-huh. yeah, or most expensivist. Right, but that's yeah. part of their their culture. See, I didn't. Tim and I went to college together, and I was a Sinatra and '80s music guy. Yeah, and Tim was like he was going either uh, Metallica kind of stuff to uh, to hardcore rap, you know, NWA. And I'd sit there and I'd look at him like, what the hell is this nonsense? And I'll tell you, I watched that movie that uh, came out, what was it, a year ago now? Uh, straight Outta Compton? Yeah, Straight Outta Compton. Almost two Man, years that ago. gave me a lot more respect for what they were doing. Because then you realize yeah, that it is. Deal. It's all about their culture music and what it they is, were coming yeah. through. And then I yeah. had a lot more, it gave me a, a healthy respect and admiration for the music. And I think the, the problem that I have with it is guys like Snoop Dogg, who's a complete fraud. I, I I don't think he grew up in Compton or any place like that. Ice Cube's a nice guy. I've talked to him several times. Ice T is a complete jerk. I mean, well, but he wanted to be an actor. He's another guy, tough guy. He never grew up in that neighborhood either. So it's the guys who pretend that they grew up in that neighborhood that annoy me. You didn't like Vanilla Ice? Yeah, Vanilla Ice. <laughs> no, I did not like Vanilla Ice. He grew up in the hardcore streets of the suburbs, yo. Yo, yo, yo. <laughs> Remember that? He hit, he was like, where did he say he was coming from? Like the mean streets of Detroit? And it turns out he grew up in like... I thought he was, wasn't he Miami? Yeah, some, I thought he yeah, originally he, said he grew up in some real... South you know, Dallas. Urban raised in South Florida. Florida. Yeah. Well, raised I mean, there are, well, there are parts of South Florida that are pretty bad. Not where he was, though. Well, oh, wait, that's where he works now. He's putting those houses. He's reclaiming houses. And, and stealing from them. And stealing from yeah. breaking into them. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. It was hey, Miami. It's not stealing if they don't know it's missing, Tom. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's a very good point. Truck. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know the Beastie Boys story about Dick Clark? What? I think it might have been the last year of American Bandstand or one other Dick Clark production, but I might have been American Bandstand. <laughs> the boys are standing backstage, Beastie Boys. On the on, I think it was American Bandstand with Dick Clark, and Dick Clark's wife came back because she really wanted to meet them. Mm-hmm. One of them spit on her. Oh, <laughs> can you imagine what? that? What? Yeah, they spit on Dick Clark's wife. Why? What are you? Just because they were jerks? Wow. Because they were just the Beastie Boys, you know. But that is a good song. Their Which first one? hit was a good song. The first hit they had was a good song. What was fight that? Fight, fight, fight for your right to party? Yeah, yeah right, right. Well, they yeah. had a lot of good stuff. Yeah. They actually did, yeah. yeah. The only songs anyone of the, anyone knows of theirs is ev- everything on Hello Nasty. Hello Nasty? That's their, that was their first album, I'm pretty sure. They're nice Jewish boys, what aren't was they? Licensed to Ill was their first Licensed to Ill. Licensed to Ill. Licensed to Ill. Three white Jewish boys breaking out rapping, right? Exactly. And didn't that throw the whole black culture in? They're like, what is going on? But they loved them. What is this all about? That was was pretty groundbreaking. Actually, Rick Rubin himself was pretty groundbreaking. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. I think that is true. Still to this day. They were formed in 1981, and then they didn't make License to Ill until 86. 
Mm-hmm. And then, but yeah, they, they were big in '86. They broke, I was, yeah, I was they listening big, to that yeah. working were, in the back room at Chuck E. Cheese putting pizzas. Were together. you really? Yeah, Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah, I yep. didn't know they were that old. Where? Jeez, Blaine. In Blaine, okay, yep. Chuck E. Cheese in Blaine. Mm-hmm. One of the greatest experiences of my life, and Andy won't remember this because he's too small. But we uh, went down to West Palm Beach to spend spend uh, the Christmas week down there between Christmas and New Year's, and the kids wanted to go to Chuck E. Cheese, so we just drove down Okeechobee Boulevard. There's a Chuck E. Cheese who went in. We were the only white people in there, and swear to God, the music stopped playing. It's <laughs> like an old West. What the hell are you doing in here? <laughs> you got the robotic the bear up on stage. Yeah, the bear's like, look, wait a minute, look at that. What the hell are you doing in here? The bear's even talking back to me. <laughs> Honest to God, the Chuck E. Cheese. We, I worked at Showbiz Pizza. I remember in eighty one, and then it got bought out by Chuck E. Cheese. Yep. And I was the guy that made the pizzas in the back. My buddy made the dough. My right. other buddy that was the cutter. And we used to go get hired and kites in the cooler. We'd go smoke, and we'd go out and we'd do our job. That's really nice. And uh, on occasion, you'd get the you'd see the the grandparents come in with a couple of kids. Yeah, yeah. And my buddy Sullid sprinkle weed on the pizza and put it through the oven. Really? And then you'd watch, and the two old people would be sitting in their chair looking at the stage like, what is going on? <laughs> and the kids would be flying around at 100 miles an hour. And we would laugh and laugh. i got to tell you one thing, man. The, you know the little tunnel? They crawl through tunnels and all yeah. the Chuck E. Cheeses. <laughs> I went in there. After and Andy? I swear, uh, Andy was in there, yeah. But the guy right in front of me who was following his kid. Oh, no. You got to wipe your butt next time, oh. sir. Oh, the reek coming oh, off this yeah. high. Oh, I had to go in and clean the ball crawl. No, oh. yeah, I did that too. Oh. Yeah, the dirty full yep. diapers You'll in the bottom it. of the oh. ball oh. and poop oh, and just. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I couldn't touch a ball crawl for another yeah, twenty years. I understand yeah. that. We'll be back, Tom Bernard mm. Show. I'm Brad Huckle, president of North American Banking Company. As a locally owned community bank, we pride ourselves on individually crafted financial solutions and quick response times. H&B Elevators, a Minneapolis manufacturer known worldwide for custom elevator designs, had an option to buy their headquarters. We stepped in to get the deal done with SBA and Urban Initiative financing. See an opportunity too good to pass up? Stop in. We'll make it happen. North American Banking Company, a better banking experience. Member FDIC and equal housing lender. This is Tom, and I want to tell you a story about camping. A guy named Tim, his back pain, and his angry wife. You see, Tim went camping with his family, but he aggravated his recurring back problem a couple of days before when he was golfing with his buddies. His wife had to set up the campsite and do all the heavy lifting, and Tim couldn't do a whole lot with the two kids. Tim was not a happy camper. And neither was his wife. The following Monday, Tim's wife got him an appointment at Hopkins Health and Wellness Center, a DMR method clinic. Their team of physical therapists and chiropractors figured out what was really wrong with his back, quickly got him out of pain, and taught him how to keep it from coming back. And what did Tim say was the biggest benefit of finally handling his back problem? Happy wife, happy life. DMR clinics are a group of physical therapists, chiropractors, and allied medical spine specialists that can help you feel better fast. They have a 96% success rate. It's covered by insurance, and you don't need a referral. They have convenient locations in Hopkins, Woodbury, Rogers, and Blaine. For a free consultation, go to dmrmethod.com. That's dmrmethod.com. With me, as always, are the super fans. Gentlemen, how was your week? Oh, so you're fine. Really good. good. Any heart attacks? I had one. Had a couple. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Now, as you can tell, we're celebrating Thanksgiving here at Ditka's rather than in our homes. 
but it's okay. Our families understand. Absolutely. This year, the Bears are playing, and Dickus has a 12-foot screen. There's really no other place to be. All right, we're getting ready to watch the Bears annihilate the Detroit Lions. But first, it's a good time to reflect on our glorious heritage. And here to help us out with your annual presentation is the sixth graders over at St. Ignatius, led by Tommy Arnold, nephew of our own Pat Arnold. Look at Jeez. the bountiful... Ah, uh, just a wonderful great. bit. I like when Chris Farley starts pounding on his chest. <laughs> I got a piece of knockwurst caught up in... <laughs> You believe, uh, I think Monday marks 20 years since he passed away. God, that's uh, insane. 20 years. Yep. Yeah. Nicest guy in the world. Wow. He was, a, and his brothers are nicer than hell. Too. Yeah. Great family from from uh, Madison, what, Madison, Wisconsin. Yep. Yep. I used well, to work at the movie theater in uh, uh, Stratford Square, hmm. and uh, Belushi, Jim Belushi used to come in all the time right. with his mom. And they'd throw the Belushi card around to get into free movies. Oh, really? And I had no clue who he was. And I was working the ticket booth one day, and he comes walking up with his mom. And I go, tickets, please? And he goes, uh, I'm Jim Belushi. This is my mom. I'm like, I'm Dave Schrader. Can I have your tickets? <laughs> I had no clue. <laughs> well. And they're like, uh, he goes, well, we don't usually pay for movies. And I go, why? And he goes, well, we're Jim Belushi, and this is, you know, John Belushi? And I go, yeah, he's dead. Oh, I had no clue. It just wasn't oh, registering. And they're looking at me, and Jim goes, I'm his brother. This is his mother. And I go, and you can't afford tickets? <laughs> I guess go on in. And the mom starts laughing as they're walking away. Jim, every time, he would like, I'd see him pop around, and if he saw me up there, he'd wait until I'd leave the ticket booth before he'd walk up to come up and get his free passes. Anything to do with you. Yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> it doesn't surprise me, though. No. So you got all the money in the world, but I'm not paying for a ticket. No. No. We're, okay. I'm Jim Belushi. Some, okay. Someday off the air, I'll tell you my Chris Farley story. I can't tell you on the oh, no? air. Because Chris is dead, and it makes him, to some people, it make him look bad, but they'd have to understand his sense of humor. It sure. was actually very funny. <laughs> you okay, Ted? Hey, hey, hey. I like when they had the fight. What were they like? Uh, okay, so who do you like in the Super Bowl? It's uh, the, the Raiders against Coach Ditka. Well, is this mini Coach Ditka or full-size Coach Ditka? Either way, I take mini Coach Ditka. That was a great... Who wrote that bit? Oh, I think that was... Uh, uh, what's his name? Norm. Yeah, it was George Wendt. Yeah, George and, Wendt. Uh, one of the other uh, Saturday Night Live cast members, but I don't remember who it was. So was George yeah. Wenton somebody? Bill yeah. Swirsky's super fans. Let's see. Yeah, Mike here. Myers. Was this after Al Franken was writing? No, I, don't I think so. Franken had been writing since the 70s on and off. Oh, yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, but it was mainly George Wentz's idea. I, rem- I, I remember yeah. right. I like yeah. how if you Google the Bears, the first thing you get is how they're doing in the NFL. <laughs> because you know, a lot of people. Yeah, a lot of people do that. Oh yeah, go the to bears. bears. They the actually, bears. They, yeah, that's how they type it. 
because that's how they say it. The Bears. It doesn't say who wrote it. And it was funny because I lived in Illinois at that point. I was never even a football fan because, you know, I wanted to sit down and I tried to understand football. My dad was the, you know, he loved watching football, but he did not like speaking during football. And I'd be like, why did he do that? Because that's what they're doing. It's football. Yeah, shut up. Yeah, but what's his name? Are you going to just sit here and yap the whole time? (laughs) I'm trying to understand, so I never watched it. But then when the the Bears started getting good, and then they hit that stride in 84 and 85, my dad, I I went and watched the Super Bowl on that and and had a great time. But, yeah, after that, Ditka could do no wrong. Even though it took him, he never went back, right? Never hit the Super Bowl again. As no, did he him. did not. No. But no. you could have, this guy was infallible. Everybody loved him. The only problem I ever had with Ditka is he did not allow Walter Payton to score a touchdown. He, that, well, he regrets that too, though. He should regret it. He did. That, he said it afterwards. He was like, that always it kicked yeah, my butt. He was yep. he was going for the stunt play, putting in the fridge. Yep. I think he was just trying to make a mark and have fun. And he totally forgot that. What? How important that would have been to Walter. Walter was one of the great running backs of all time. I mean, did you he hear about the his Super Bowl ring? No, his Super Bowl ring went missing. Oh, okay, and they had to replace it. And he was like so depressed and bummed that he lost the Super Bowl ring. And like twenty years later, his kid, best friend, they had given him the couch from his basement, and oh, he had it over in his God. house. And they went to get rid of it when they tipped it. The ring fell out. Really? So he found the ring and brought back the original Super Bowl ring. Was it after Walter had died? Yeah, unfortunately. Oh, my God. He died so young, too. Yeah. You know, typical Vikings, by the way. Yeah, we got a Peyton. It's the wrong Peyton. It's yeah. Eddie Peyton, but you know, <laughs> don't worry about that. We got a, uh, what was it, Cadre Ismail. We got an Ismail. Uh, got the wrong one, but yeah. uh, we got Cadre Ismail. The Vikings Cadre was famous. good for a year. Yeah, for a year he yeah. was. That's what's really good. Our Vikings players, they step up really solid for a year. If that, yeah. <laughs> we get we get the quarterback. I love because when I moved up here, I was not a football fan. Tim broached me into that after the North Stars left, and I had nothing to watch. He goes, "Well, let's watch some football." I'm like, "Oh God, am I allowed to talk?" Yeah. <laughs> we started watching football together, and I just it was like one washed up quarterback after another coming in, but then they'd have a career year. They'd light it up. Yeah. What, he had Warren Moon, Randall Cunningham, yeah, that's right. Brett Favre. Who was the uh, Oakland uh, quarterback we had on here? Jeff, Jeff George. Oh, Jeff George, yeah. Yeah. And all of them came in and did really well. And then you had the, the but, kids that stepped up, Brad Johnson, Dante yep. Culpepper, and they would have these flash years. And then it was just like. I don't know if it would be Don Downer or Debbie Downer, but, you know, they never were in the Super Bowl. Who? Well, no, we've been well, there four times. Yeah, no, but but none of these win. quarterbacks got they, no, they had a stellar year, but not stellar enough. Right. Thanks, Ralph. Brad yeah, Johnson thanks, had Ralph. a stellar oh, year when he went to Tampa. You yeah. want to bring it down <laughs> even further, Ralph, I'll do you one better. Now it's the former washed-up quarterbacks that come to Minnesota that get charged with sexual assault. Yeah. Now you've got Warren Moon, Donovan McNabb. Yeah. We can just keep going with no, this. No, you're yeah. right. See, you're we right. bring it full all, circle. Almost all of them. Yeah. Unbelievable. Brad Johnson, by the way, classiest human being I ever met. Very, very sad to tell you. The guy can barely move now. Oh, really? no. Yeah, he has a hard time getting out of bed in the morning. He can barely move. It's just sad. Oh, I went to see Bill Cosby at Mistake Lake, and mm-hmm. we had great seats, and all of a sudden, in walks like the entire starting line of the Vikings. Oh, really? Warren Moon sits in front of me, and he puts his arm around this woman, and they're smooching, and my girlfriend, Mary, at the time, leans over, and she goes, that's not his wife that loud. Oh! And, and Warren Moon just does the slow burn head turn. <laughs> and he just turns back and looks at us. And I'm like, oh. and I well, point to her. Yeah, she said it. <laughs> I don't even know this woman. Listen, I've got a very manly voice. Yeah. It wasn't me that said it. I... Yeah. 
you know what? If you're not, you're, if you're out in public and you're making out with a woman, that's on you. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, you know. Yeah. If you know it's not your wife and they know it's not your wife, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. So well, I, I just I don't think anybody's upset. ever called him out before, and that was she goes. That's Phenomenal. not his wife. You can like feel it. the air leave the entire place. Oh God. <laughs> hey, when do we? Are there any any uh, early predictions on Alabama? On what about it? About the about the Senate race in Alabama, oh. Jones and and Roy Moore, who went to vote today. Again, let me bring this up. Dressed as a cowboy on a horse, <laughs> he did. He went and voted on a horse. He rode on, in on a horse wearing a cowboy outfit. In Alabama. In Alabama. <clears throat> yeah. So, I suppose. But he'll be remembered. Gonna, oh, he'll always be remembered. Would right. well, you hear what his wife said yesterday? What? He's giving it the old. Uh, well, I know a lot of people uh, that uh, think uh, that 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 uh, Roa is a, is a racist and anti-Semitic, and he's oh, always yeah. being accused of being an anti-Semite. But I'll tell you one thing: one of our lawyers is a Jew, <laughs> and that's how she said the word too. She went Jew. Is that the equivalent of I've got a lot of black friends? Yes, mm-hmm. yes, all my black friends, both, <laughs> all those people. The boat of them. The, I had a boat of them. <laughs> Yeah, I suppose you're not going to get any returns till the polls close at eight o'clock, huh? Uh, well, Roy Moore has zero percent. Doug Jones also has zero percent. How would you so describe no. the Big Bang Theory? Why don't you go to hell? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they're not going to give it results until the polls close at uh, what seven o'clock central? I would guess that would be right. Yes. <laughs> Why don't you go to hell? Why don't you go to you hell? You should have that on the drop bar. I don't. I do not like ads that do yeah, those that. Pop up ads. Yeah, seriously. Why are they allowed? Do you think? How do you think that race is going to go, Tim? How do you think it's going to go? Uh, you know what was uh, Jones was what ten percent up? Ten percent up. Last poll. Uh, uh, last and then well, the two polls that came out today he was he was up ten points in one, and there were dead heat in the other. I wouldn't mm-hmm. be surprised if Roy won just because the Democrats are telling them not to vote for him, and they'll just do the yeah, opposite. You know what? Well, Alabamans are like that. I'll yeah. agree yeah. with Andy. I, you know, I, I think what's going to happen is you, you will see Roy Moore get the seat, and then you're going to have you're going to have problems in Congress because Congress yeah. is going to sit and look at it and say, now what do we do? Yeah, yeah well, that's, that's exactly what happens right. when you know a bunch of ivory tower people are like, oh well. You're clearly not smart as me. You're voting for the wrong guy. And yeah. it's like, even if the candidate is horrible, being like that is going to make people do the opposite of what you want because it just it feels good to, you know. But what can yeah. Congress do, right? It's just like the no. all, the, it, all be, of the anger that was put out on Jesse Ventura when he was our governor and mm-hmm. he would do things like the XFL. I'm like, hey, morons, yeah, we yeah. went out and voted for an ex-pro wrestler That's right. who's always been self-serving, yep, and we always. wanted a change in politics. So if you're going to yeah, vote somebody right. in, you can't whine about what you voted in. Congress can yeah. refuse to seat him. That it, is right. It's, it's, it, but it hasn't been done since, what, the 1800s? Yeah, it's I don't think they would do that. Time. Fake news would tell you that we don't care for Jews. I tell you all this because I've seen it all, so I just want to set the record straight while they're here. One of our attorneys is a Jew. Is a Jew. One she of sounds like Jan Hook's character from uh, <laughs> Pee-wee's Big Adventure. She does. There's no basement in the Alamo. <laughs> the Alamo. Uh, one of our attorneys is a G. G. Well, that makes it all better. Vote him in. Well, absolutely. If you got a Jew working for you, absolutely. Happy yeah. Hanukkah. 
Wait a minute. Who ever heard of a Jewish attorney? Come on. You're making that up. Hanukkah begins uh, when the sun goes down. Yep. Don't forget it. She should have said one of our attorneys is a Jew, despite our trying our best. Yes, we tried to find somebody who was a, but they just—they're everywhere in that profession. <laughs> Do you remember when uh, Kurt was still funny and Larry was getting finalizing his divorce from Cheryl, and he had his lawyer, and he found out oh, his yeah. lawyer was not Jewish, and then he got the Jewish lawyer yes. who screwed it all up who for him, screwed everything up for him. <laughs> that is so sad. That show is so bad this year. Curb your enthusiasm. Oh, my God, that show is bad. Do you think he's doing that on purpose so that people leave him alone and I don't ask so. for another season? Mm, yeah, I wonder. Because I you hope. do a show like that, right, and then people, when, when's the next series? Yeah, when's the next stop. series? When's the next series? Okay, fine. Here you go. You wanted it? Here it is. I'm putting a yeah. stake in it. Well, well, technically, terrible. they could just have a season finale, like, you know, the character gets killed off. What are you going to do from there? But, but I used Dave, to love that show. But Dave, Dave Chappelle had enough strength to say, well, it's not going to be another show. I'm going to Africa because i got to get my head straight. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, but he could stand behind a principle. He stood behind the principle of that he was, in a sense, kind of mocking the black culture mm-hmm. and that he was making white people laugh at the expense people, of the black yes. people. So he had a, well, Larry he had a moral could say high the ground. the exact same thing about Jewish culture. Yeah, that's but what, basically what he's doing. He could if he wanted to. It's not. I don't think it's. I don't think. I think it's go- a cop out, but he right. could do it if he wanted. But I don't think the plight is going to feel as impactful as Dave Chappelle's version. One of the greatest episodes of Kirby Enthusiasm was when Michael J. Fox is on stage talking about having Parkinson's, <laughs> and Larry David's talking about having given a violin to his little neighbor boy, and the woman goes, "What? What'd you give him? What?" So he starts going like this. <laughs> so everybody thinks he's making fun of, "Oh, cry baby, Michael J. Fox." Oh. <laughs> <laughs> <It's just> <laughs> Oh, poor guy's got Parkinson's. And you gotta love though that Michael J. Fox would be a part of this because he's he's yes. made a couple of shows where he's mocking his own mm-hmm. issues. Yes. Always liked him. Yeah, always liked Michael J. Fox. He's he's quite a talent. He said no what, on one of the interviews he was talking about. He said he gets himself in a lot more trouble now because somebody will start asking him something ridiculous and he's nodding and he goes and then I realize they think I'm agreeing with him. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I'm not really agreeing with you. It's just my head nods a lot. Yeah. I'm surprised he's like doing so well because he's had Parkinson's yeah, since time. he was 29. He's 56 now. Is he really? Right. Well, Usually when you got that kind of money, I'm sure you can keep yeah. finding ways yeah, to well, get the best treatments. It's kind of related to uh, uh, Parkinson's, or not Parkinson's, uh, to, uh, oh, what do you call it? I can't remember now. Or Jakob Kreutzfeldt, one of those sort of things. Yeah. The head thing. One of those deals. We shall be right back, ladies and gentlemen, Tom Bernard Show. When you care about your job, you care about the job you do. At Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning, they hire the best people, treat them right, and they treat you right when you call to schedule an appointment. Bryant Furnaces and Air Conditioners and the Sabre Blue Maintenance Plan are as good as it gets. This is Tom Bernard for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Visit SabreHeating.com for special savings on air conditioners. Plus, get more information on their Sabre Blue Maintenance Plan. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. This is Tom, and I want to tell you a story about camping. A guy named Tim, his back pain, and his angry wife. You see, Tim went camping with his family, but he aggravated his recurring back problem a couple of days before when he was golfing with his buddies. His wife had to set up the campsite and do all the heavy lifting, and Tim couldn't do a whole lot with the two kids. Tim was not a happy camper. And neither was his wife. The following Monday, Tim's wife got him an appointment at Hopkins Health and Wellness Center, a DMR method clinic. Their team of physical therapists and chiropractors figured out what was really wrong with his back, quickly got him out of pain, and taught him how to keep it from coming back. And what did Tim say was the biggest benefit of finally handling his back problem? 
Happy wife, happy life. DMR Clinics are a group of physical therapists, chiropractors, and allied medical spine specialists that can help you feel better fast. They have a 96% success rate. It's covered by insurance, and you don't need a referral. They have convenient locations in Hopkins, Woodbury, Rogers, and Blaine. For a free consultation, go to dmrmethod.com. That's dmrmethod.com. Pennsylvania. Are there any Christmas songs that piss you off? Christmas songs? See that Jingle Bells by Barbara Streisand. Oh, 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 oh. I've never heard a song make me want to hurt somebody so bad as that song. Unanimously decided as one of the worst Christmas songs ever by the, everyone. The other it's one I'm not it. thrilled with is uh, Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. Right, I, like I lived in the heyday of that and I just, oh God. And Melina and I agree. <clears throat> Mama's shoes or what's the Christmas name? Christmas shoes. shoes. Christmas that is shoes. The worst oh, song. God. You want to kill yourself. My yeah. mama might not be alive when I bring these shoes home to her. Oh God! <laughs> what would it sound like if Johnny Cash covered it? <laughs> <laughs> my mama wouldn't. My mama. Let me tell you, I mama. Love when Patton Oswalt rips that song. Yeah. But does he? Oh yeah. yeah. Remember I played that clip for you when he breaks down the song. Yeah. And he... Oh yeah, yeah. That's right. <laughs> Never That's mind. Barbara Streisand's Christmas album is one of the best-selling Christmas albums of all time. Yes, but that <laughs> song. Well, I think hers and Neil oh, Diamond, two, sing, two Jews, who, no, who did Christmas albums. No, they, they have like two of the highest uh, selling, and it might even be Barry Manilow is like one of the top ten as well. Oh, I think that's probably Kenny true. G too. Yeah, they're like uh, all all Jewish uh, faith, and they're they're in the top ten of Christmas albums of all time. Can I ask you a question? Who cares that you can play a clarinet? <laughs> I mean, Kenny G. I thought he played the sax. He, he, play, no. he played the soprano sax. Whatever. Oh, yeah. soprano sax. So, yeah, it's done with split hairs. Who cares? cares? I know. Yeah, but it was beautiful for the time. Was Look, Yanni pop? made a career on that stuff. Yanni used to G. be one of my neighbors, actually. Oh, He's really? about as tall as this pop bottle right here. Really? It's a mini <laughs> dicker. He's like a mini dicker. Mini oh, dicker. he's a little tiny guy. Yanni. And, nice uh, wasn't he married to Linda Evans for a while? I think that's right. Yeah. I think that's exactly right. Not that it matters, and I don't know why I felt the need to bring that up, but uh, no, we had we had quite the uh, don't ask cadre. me my kids' birthdays. I can't remember that. That's one thing about about spending time in Florida is uh-huh. when you live in one of those gated communities, you will have very famous people living as your next door neighbors. It's weird. We had uh, Susan Lucci was one of our oh neighbors, really, but she I saw her one time. And then we had you know uh, Janine Pirro, Judge Janine, yeah. Yeah, you, she's on Fox News I don't watch now. those court she shows. Was on, yeah. And she was, had a court show. They make my heart sad. I understand. But we actually got to watch him <laughs> haul her husband out of her house and take him off to prison. Hmm. Ooh, really? <laughs> Fancy. How'd that wow. go for you? Were you out <laughs> drinking coffee in your robe watching it happen? <laughs> Were you Tony, Tony soprano and it onto the sidewalk to get the paper? I still miss that show. I, oh, yeah. Except for the last episode was horrendous. But that show was No, the last so episode was great until the last two minutes. Uh, until the last right. two minutes, yeah. yeah. Tim and I remember minutes. watching it together. We both just looked at it and were like, what the f- just happened? <laughs> yeah. I know. And Tim's wearing a Godfather shirt today, i got to tell you. It's still, there. nothing will ever beat that as the best movie ever made. I don't think it can be beaten. Which one do you think is better, one or two? They're totally different. They but are. One, but one, because I, I adore Marlon Brando. That last scene, and people don't even realize this stuff because they don't pay attention. Mm-hmm. 
the last scene with Marlon Brando where he cuts up the orange. And it was his idea. It was not in the script. Nobody told him to do it. He just cut up an orange, and they didn't know. Well, he's like, what is he doing? Why is he cutting that orange up? And he put it in his mouth, and there were like jagged teeth that he yeah. made out of the orange. And he starts chasing his little grandson around the, the uh, what is it, like tomato plants? and Yeah, there was some sort of, plants. Yeah, yeah, field kind of, of plants. food. The reason he did that was so... Uh, he knew he was dying very soon. He didn't know he was going to drop dead that day, but he knew he was going to die soon. So he wanted his grandson to know what a monster he was in real life. Oh. Nobody knows that story. Is that oh. phenomenal? That is. Marlon Brando was the greatest actor ever. Well, he also, you know, keeping busy with his hands, he's one of the first actors that did that. Yep. Because he thought it was crazy that you'd stand there with your hands by your side yeah. or, or tented. Yes. So he would all, he, and when he would scratch, he would never, like, scratch his, He'd always reach across and do yeah. a... Weird, because it was more yep. realistic, and you're like, wow, you don't even realize the nuances the guy had. He was unbelievable. You know what's fascinating to me? I was watching this documentary on um, Burt Reynolds. I couldn't find my remote, and uh, I was <laughs> watching the documentary. I didn't realize that they kind of brought him up because he looked so much like a young Brando. And if you look, go look on this and look at the comparative pictures of young Brando and young uh, uh, Burt Reynolds... It's uncanny how much yeah, they look alike. I can see, yeah, I can see that. And that, that was what kind of broke him is because he had that look of a young yeah, Marlon did. Brando. And he kind of had his swagger, too. Yeah. Bert had his own swagger. Was there anything the... better in the 70s than a Burt Reynolds movie? No, I like Burt Reynolds. Right, you had the Smokey and the Bandits, you had the Cannonball Runs, and you just forgave how horrible the movies really were because he had so much fun doing them. What you can act like a man! Look at that with you! Do people still to this day know what he just said? Is that when he's yelling at? Uh, well, of course I know because we've yeah. talked about it a few times. Musician, right? What, what's his uh, name? Um, it, it was Al Martino in real life, but it was Johnny Fontaine. Fontaine. Johnny Fontaine. Well, I thought it was supposed to be based on Sinatra. Sinatra. It was supposed right. to be, but it was Al Martino that played the role, and he played Johnny Fontaine. I got a great uh, Al Martino story for you if you want to hear it. It's a true yeah. story. Sure. 1977, I go to work for Capitol Records, right? So it's just about five, six years after, after The Godfather. And Al Martino released a single on Capitol Records. And he calls me one day, because I do the Midwest region for Capitol Records. I go all over the 10-state area. You know, go to Chicago, St. Louis, a lot of bigger markets, right? So he calls me and goes, hey, Tom, uh, Al Martino. I say, hey, Al, how you doing? How's everything going? Ah, great. I just wanted to get out in front of a problem. Uh, it's not really a problem, but it, uh, it it looks bad, and I wanted to let you know there's nothing behind it. It's a lie. Uh, I was arrested for shoplifting. And I said, really? He goes, yeah, I got arrested for shoplifting a couple of days ago. And, uh, you know, they're going to charge me with shoplifting. And I just wanted to, as I said, get out in front of it and let all the guys know that I didn't do it, that I'm innocent. And uh, I just don't want it to affect my new single sales or anything like that. So I just, I hope you understand it's not true. And uh, we'll get past it. I said, what would you steal? And he goes, socks and underwear. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't even try to deny yeah. it. <laughs> it's not true. I just want to get in front of it. What would you steal? Which socks one's which? Yeah, look at that. It's pretty uncanny, right? I mean, they had I mean, a, a very similar look. That is amazing. And I think... Bert might have worked it. Well, I think, yeah. <laughs> Just a look, but I've even seen pictures where they're even more yeah. identical no, looking. it's true. It's true. I, uh, I like them both, to tell you the truth. How about Deliverance? Oh, God, Deliverance. Man, that movie was powerful, huh? 
I've never just, seen it. Never, never seen it. Oh, I just heard about it. I go, ah, I right, that's how I felt for a long time. And then my dad said, sit down and shut up. And I started watching it with him one day. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is a great movie. It was so... It's actually it was it was kind of the Rambo and Die Hard of its time feel to it, with some really twisted turns. But it's you're like, wow, this is just a, a beautifully shot and yep. great character movie. It was it was really well done. Yeah. KQ Morning Show right after God, what movie was out? It wasn't Deliverance. It was later. Ned Beatty shows up in studio. Oh, at Super KQRS. was it after Super when Superman came out? And he was promoting that. Yeah. So was that in '86? Mm, probably like the yeah one of the last ones he did. Yeah. 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 So Ted Beatty's in studio and nice guy, really great guy, and I just out of nowhere I said to him, "Did that hurt?" And he goes, "Did what hurt?" Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> At first he goes, "Did what hurt?" Ah, uh, think about it. That squeal like a pig, squeal like a pig. That, you got a, you that got a real me. pretty mouth. You got a real pretty mouth. Oh. What a scene that was. Yeah. That was a hell that of a That whole movie. thing was just one that was like the most one of the most disturbing movies. It but was. it was so entertaining to watch. You just couldn't it was like a, a slow car wreck. You're just like, what am I watching? No, it was. Absolutely. A hell of a movie. We don't make movies like that anymore because they all gotta be political now. Everything has to be political. I don't know why that is, but it's all gotta make some great statement about uh, the future of humankind. Well here, if you want to yeah, dumb down and have a little fun, have you ever you Watch this, Ralph. Trust me, you're going to enjoy it. It's Tucker and Dale versus Evil. I heard that's good. Have you seen it? No. It, it takes all of the... Have you seen this one, Tim? We no. talked about it on the show. It's it's um, a comedic take on all of the horror... Like the wrong right, way right, or, right. you know, the the backwards hillbilly um, kind and of horror it, movies. Yes. Is that, the, is that the one where a bunch of teenagers like yes. were found in wood chippers or something? Well, yeah, I don't want to give anything away, but watch it. It's well but worth it because it's funny as hell. <laughs> well, well, that, I did not confirm not like nor the, deny. That's not the reveal. Well, that's, that's how it starts. Yeah. Well, that's what uh, the comedian, the person that used to write for uh, The Simpsons. Dana Gould. Oh, Dana Gould. Dana Gould. Isn't that his movie? His is show? It? it might have been. I don't know. Yeah. I think it is. Is it really? He we talked about that. Yeah, where there's, there's a lot of gore. Let's blow it up. Let's blow and it up. It's just a funny movie. Um, it's a movie or but series? It's, no, it's a movie. They okay. might, I don't know if they turned no, it into a series. Stan, Ver, Stan versus Evil. Stan oh, versus Evil. Right, and that's got uh, yeah. Yeah. that's Stan and Gould. Oh, gosh, and I love uh, budget that of $5 too. million, dollars, box office 4.7. So that's unfortunate. Right, for the movie, but it's on Netflix. It you is on Netflix it, now. And you'll enjoy it. It's just, it's such a, it's one of those movies that came in under the radar. And I had so many listeners go, you got to watch this movie. Right. It is just so much dumb fun. So it's, it's Tucker like, and it, Dale do what? It's like Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Versus Evil. There we go. Right. That's interesting. Foreign and, gross is $4.5 million. Domestic is 200000 Yeah. Really? Well, I don't think it's it even opened. pretty big foreign. Yeah, it might have opened up in like a theater. In, in, 30. Uh, 30 really, theaters. Really, 30, 30 theaters. Not much. But yeah, it, it, it only grows. Well, I mean, 52,000, so that's pretty average, 1,500-ish per theater. Oh, no, no, not anymore. I mean, yeah. yeah. The, oh, movies now? That's more than um, Leave It to Beaver or whatever made. What the- I, Tanya, opened up at four theaters and grows 61,000 per theater. Wow. Well, that that's per- pretty good, man. Yeah, but is that on the strength of um, the actress playing Tanya? Ah, uh, yeah. That's um, on the strength of if you release that many theaters you're going to get a huge per theater because that's you the only place to get a huge per theater that's let's true. see what is her name Megan uh, she's Megan Harley some... Quinn in the Suicide Squad oh uh, Margot Robbie Margot, Margot Robbie yeah, there you go that's Margot. exactly what it is yeah. Margot Robbie yeah here we go Th- the per theater average um, for Coco is only $1,600 
Is it real? Yeah, that movie is a stiff. No. Oh, oh yeah, it's it is. blowing up. I thought. I no, thought, it's well, huge. No, it's 185 million. What? It For made 185 million. Yeah, but it's an animated feature. How much did it cost to create? It, it costs literally like a quarter of a billion dollars with promotion what? and and oh, animation's expensive. Oh, <laughs> that Pixar stuff is it? Pixar? Yeah, it is. Pixar costs yeah. a fortune to make. Well, that's that. That was its domestic gross, though. Total yeah, gross is four hundred million dollars, which is oh, pretty so they good. have made money then. They're, so they've made a yeah. lot of money then. Yeah, um, yeah. Thor Ragnarok, five hundred dollars uh, theater average, and that's its gross it. to date is three hundred million domestic. That's just domestic too. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's just <laughs> it's if you done rather well. Yeah. Per theater, you're not. But no one goes to the theaters anymore, so they just have to That's release it in more and more theaters to make up for the fact that the per theater is going down. I would hire professionals because people will come back to the theater if you get a guy to talk back to the screen. Because without somebody talking <laughs> back to the screen, it's not as enjoyable. I saw Rambo downtown oh, LA in an all black theater. I've Love never it. had more fun in my life it's watching true. a movie. It's a ball. They would stand up and yell at the screen, sit yep. down, and it was like groundhogs popping up throughout the entire movie, responding and reacting to this movie. I laughed as much as I winced at the violence in the movie, but it, it was truly one of the best experiences I've ever had watching an African-American audience react to Rambo. Cassie has a bad Christmas song. Uh, Stevie Nicks. Um, oh yeah, Phoenix has a bad Christmas was song. Was it Silent yes. Night? Yes. Oh. Silent yeah, she sounds like Catherine Hepburn singing it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. Can you pull it up, Melina? Oh, it's man. horrible. I got it. People oh, say it's, it's not even horribly. It's like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, people say that she sounds like a goat in it. <laughs> yeah, she does. People, in, including Cassie. Uh, here we go. Here's the official live video. I think this is the version oh. we're. This looks pretty old, so yeah. Mixed with the weird, like she's right up there. With, she's right up there with Axel Merman for me. Yeah, there you go. Axel Rose, man. Axel he sounds Rose. like Ethel, he's channeling I Ethel can't Merman. Stand his singing voice. I People cannot, love it. I know they love it. Although now I cannot hear "Knocking on Heaven's Door" or "Live oh, and Let Die" any so other much. way than his. Oh, Whenever I, I hear it, all stand. I hear is a "Knock, knock, knocking knock on Heaven's Door." door. Ah, I, I. Oh God, <laughs> I hate brutal. his voice. Some people think he's just the greatest singer in the world. Yeah, well. Hey, you know, good for you. Whether you like it, you like it. People like Dylan's voice, too. And well, it's like, I, yeah. I don't. Yeah. Big Mouth McGee from Aerosmith. Yeah. Whatever his name is. <laughs> Steven Tyler. <laughs> yeah, Steven Tyler. Big Mouth McGee. Yeah, that sounds like a great from man. Very famous Big Mouth McGee. His voice is really weird, but it got it was it got big because it's unique. People listen for unique. Right. It's like, listen to how Christopher Walken talks. He sounds like an idiot. But it's so unique. What are you talking yeah. about? It's so unique that people remember everybody. it, so they're like, oh, yeah, I, uh, I guess I like him now. Well, thanks for being here today, Tim. Great to see you. Thank you. Dave, good to go. Ralphie, good to Ralphie boy. Always a pleasure. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Tom Bernard Show.